Good morning. It's Friday. It is Friday. Whew, what a week. What a week. It's the end of a good week. I'm always going to say it's a good week. Uh, I mean, gosh, y'all, uh, every day is a gift from God, and we have been in God's Word this week, and we have served Him best we could this week, and uh, the Lord is good. Is He not every single day, all the time? So uh, it's the end of a good week, and the end of a good week in the Word. We've been in the book of Hosea all week long, and today, two chapters, y'all, man, I, I tell you, I, I doubled up on you. I asked you to read Hosea chapter 10 and Hosea chapter 11. I love these chapters. I love them so much. <laughs> you know, it's like I almost wish I hadn't put two together because I, I just, gosh, I could do I could do chapter eleven itself forever. I just, oh gosh, I love it. But let's let's jump in. Uh, I'm glad you're with me. Uh, ten with ten. Did I say any of that? Uh, verse by verse, uh, every day through the Word of God. And today, Hosea chapter ten, chapters ten and eleven. Chapter ten begins. How prosperous Israel is. A luxuriant vine loaded with fruit, but the richer the people get, <clears throat> the richer they get, the more sinful they get, you know, the more pagan altars they build, the more bountiful their harvest, the more beautiful their sacred pillars, man, their hearts are fickle. Yeah. Wow. Is that an automatic connection? That was my question reading this passage uh, for myself. Um, is it automatic that the more comfortable we get in life, the harder it is or the, the easier it is for our hearts to turn away from God? Is that an automatic thing? I, I don't know. I just know that there is a, a very particular temptation that goes along with prosperity, that goes along with you know, God's blessings. The, the richer we are uh, in, in, in material things, it seems like the more God blesses us, the, the more and more we tend to think that we deserve it or the less we think we need him or the more uh, enticing it seems the temptations are to to turn away from him. Uh, and uh, it's just devastating. Like I say, I, I don't think it's a rule. I just think it's a, it's, a, it's a temptation of the human heart. You know, man, the more prosperous, the better God is to us. Uh, the, the quicker we turn away from him. Uh, he says our hearts are fickle. That's the word there in, in verse 2. Hearts are, are, are fickle. And this chapter talks a lot about that. Verse 4, they spout empty words and make covenants they don't intend to keep. Um, wow. Well, I mean, Jose's talking about us, you all. I mean, he's talking about us. We're the people of God, and we're the ones with a spirit of harlotry, as Hosea would say, and, and we're the ones who spout empty words. Uh, and again, one of the themes of Hosea is they don't know this, what they're doing. They, they think they're saying all the right words. The problem is God doesn't just want words. He wants our hearts. He wants our faithfulness. He wants us to love him. You know, not just sing, oh, how I love Jesus in church, but to love Jesus in your life, you know, because God takes everything seriously and God takes everything personally because everything is serious and everything is personal and you and I just don't forget that we make covenants we don't intend to keep oh, you know God himself is a promise keeper God himself is a covenant keeper and right there those words are so indicting for us uh, we make covenants we don't intend to keep. You know, this is what the prophet means when he says our, our hearts are fickle, man. We go one way and, and, and then the other. It's, it, it's devastating. I, I love chapter 10. Uh, chapter 12, I mean, chapter, chapter 10, verse 12, just, man, it just came at me. Just, I, I just, all of a sudden, just like, what? Um, 
I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts, for now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. It's like, even now, you know, after all this, your fickle heart, you know, your cheating heart, you know, your waywardness, your, your spirit of harlotry, you know, you, you make covenants you don't keep, you spout empty words, and after all of that, if you would just plow up the hard ground of your heart and seek the Lord, he would come and shower you with righteousness. <laughs> what after all this you know that is still what would happen you know after all of this the people could still turn after all of this you know just plow up the hard ground i love that image just plow up man our, our hearts are hard and something's got to crack them open you know but but if you would plow the hard hard heart of yours and uh, and turn to the lord he would shower you with righteousness man i love that so much it is so uh, it, it just break your heart with with the beauty of that promise. But then, uh, but instead, you've cultivated wickedness and harvested a thriving crop of sin, eating the fruit of lies. You know, and and, and on he goes. Uh, man, you've made your bed; you'll lie in it. I mean, that, that's what he's saying there. Can we go to chapter eleven though? Because I just love it so much. Wow, it, uh, chapter eleven is just this picture of the Lord's love for His people. And it's just beautiful. When Israel was a child, I loved him. Uh, I, I love that. I called my son out of Egypt, and the more I called to him, the farther he moved from me. Uh, wow. I myself taught Israel how to walk, leading him along by the hand. Uh, again, it's just this picture of tender parenting, and, and I love it so much. Do you remember, uh, any of you blessed to be a parent, do you remember, gosh, those wonderful days when, when they were little, you know? When Israel was a child, I loved him. You know, it's that instantaneous, unconditional love that you have for your children. I mean, the moment my son was born, man, I discovered a depth and a quality of love I never, and I'd loved my wife, you know, with, with I mean, with the whole heart. But all of a sudden, you know, this child and, and, and shows me a whole new depth of love, both for him and for my wife. You know, when I saw them put that slimy, you know, ball of purple, <laughs> purple slimy cheesy baby in my wife's arms after he was born you know man i fell in love with her all over again i'd always loved her as my wife my girlfriend you know this woman of god but now i could love her as the mother of my son you know the mother of our son and to see her with him i'm just saying man when you have a child it's a whole new depth and quality of love and this is what god's talking about when israel was a child i loved him automatically unconditionally you know i taught him how to walk I laugh sometimes at Kitten uh, at, at Kitten Michelle Blick here in the church because it literally one Sunday they were in the lobby here and their little boy's name was Kenton. He's a grown man now, but Kenton was little, and they were like, "Come here, Kenton, come here!" And they were, he was he was learning to walk and those little chubby legs, and you know they were holding him by the hand. He's like, "Come here, come here!" And the very next Sunday, the very next Sunday, all right, one Sunday they're like, "Come here, Kenton, come here, Kenton." The next Sunday they're like, "Kenton, come back here, come back here." I mean, as soon as he could learn to walk. He's walking away from them. And isn't that just, that's how kids are. That, that's it, right? I mean, once he's on his feet, he's gone, you know? And this is what the Word of God says in, in, in a negative sense and in a spiritual sense. I myself taught Israel how to walk, leading him along by the hand, but he doesn't know or even care that it was I who took care of him. You know, I led Israel along with my ropes of kindness and love, lifted the yoke from his neck. I myself, I stooped down to feed him. But, but since my people refuse to return to me, they're going to go back to Egypt. Yeah. Just 
devastating, you know? Again, this picture of just tender parenting. You know, when you're a parent, you do everything because that child is completely dependent upon, upon your attention and your affection. And, and yeah, I mean, in the same way that it's true in our own lives, you know, as kids, it takes a long time to realize the debt you owe your parents. I mean, a kid, a teenager, especially teenagers are, are naturally ungrateful. Just expect it. You know, I mean, they are ungrateful because they, they can't even, they can't fathom, you know, your love for them or, or their, their own stupidity, you know, uh, they just don't understand. And, and, and this is the picture here that God is painting for him and his people. They're like ungrateful teenagers that don't even know what you've done for them. They can't even fathom what you've done for them, you know. Um, but then I, I love this. I, I love verse 8. How can I give you up? I mean, you get this picture of just this big broken heart of God. How can I give you up, Israel? How can I let you go? My heart is torn within me. My compassion overflows, you know? It's just that picture of the father of the prodigal son who um, lets the son go, you know, not because he doesn't love him, but he realizes that if I don't let him go, he'll never come home, you know? The father lets him go so that he can come back home. And, and, and that's the father's goal. That's all he wants. He just wants his son to come home and, and, and be at home with him. But, but, but the son leaves and he's got to leave. And so the father lets him leave. But then the father stands at the door and, and forever leaves a light on, you know, waiting for the son to come home. And he just says, my heart is torn. Uh, my compassion overflows. You know, how can I give you up? It's just an amazing picture of God. I mean, you read the prophets and you think, man, this God is vengeful. This God is wrathful. This God is going is to cut them down. And all of that is true. But, but God's wrath and God's love are two sides of the same coin. God is wrathful because he is fiercely opposed to everything that would harm us. And your sin will destroy you. And God is fiercely opposed. He will do anything to separate you from the poison of your sin. And his heart is torn when you won't come back to him. Um, I will not unleash my fierce anger. I will not completely destroy Israel. For I am God and not man. I'm not a mere mortal, you know. I am the Holy One living among you, and I will not come to destroy. Oh my goodness. For someday, I love this, someday the people will follow me, and I, the Lord, will roar like a lion, and when I roar, my people will come trembling from all east, west, you know? Like a flock of birds trembling like doves are going to come back home to me. You know, I love that. God's, you know, the loving Father who roars like a lion and strength and protection, and finally we hear the voice of our Father and come back home to him. Isn't that just beautiful? That's what I'm saying, man. I could, I could, man, that chapter will preach, man. I'll preach you all the way home, I hope. Uh, but anyway, that's it, y'all. That's the end of a good week in the Word. Um, Monday morning. Let's do two more chapters, okay? Two chapters on Monday, one chapter on Tuesday, and we'll wrap up Hosea. So for Monday morning, chapter 12, verse 1, through chapter 13, verse 16. So chapters 12 and 13 for Monday, uh, and then we'll finish up on Tuesday. Uh, and that's going to be the end of Tim with Tim for one year. Let's don't even say it yet. We'll just see you uh, next Monday, 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. I love you guys so much. Have a great weekend. I hope to see you in church on Sunday. If not, Monday. Monday morning, Lord willing. Love you guys so much.